0: Hello, welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon-Miller at Liz Lit on the Twitters.
1: And I'm Ben Travers, Ben T. Travers on the Twitters.
0: And we've got special guests today. It's wonderful. It's a lovely, lovely treat to have you guys with us. It's been too long, frankly. Um, so say hello.
2: Hi, I'm Han Nguyen. And what, well, what, who am I? I'm the senior editor at, at IndieWire.
0: And you're also anonymous on the Twitters. Yes, that too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you seem reluctant about the Twitters.
3: I'm Steve Green. I'm still a special projects editor at IndieWire, uh, even Ooh. though uh, I am a proud member of Team TV. And I am at Steve
1: Bruin on the Twitters.
0: What could be a more special project than television?
1: We really need to come up with like a, a TV-centric part of that title, though.
0: Yeah. like, like uh, ideas.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll debate
3: that later in the episode. That's my New Year's resolution is to come up with a new job title.
0: That's a good one. Yeah. 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 And uh, we brought them together because it's almost the end of the year. Uh, we're going to be scattered to the high heavens soon uh, to celebrate celebrate the holidays and then re- frantically fr- and frantically watch screeners in preparation for TCA. Uh, but before all that happens, it's time to say goodbye to 2017. What a fun year it was guys. Wasn't it just the funnest and
3: nothing bad happened
0: and nothing bad happened. Ben's just being very quiet.
1: I, I mean, I, I got nothing. <laughs> it was, it was terrible. Uh, the, the assignment for this podcast has been rather difficult. And I, I have one thing that I'm very proud of that I think will raise all of our spirits, but uh, in terms of, of, you know, even just the idea that we're already saying goodbye to 2017 and today is December 8th, right? Mm. I mean, for us, it makes sense because we just did our top 10 of the year. So we're looking back and like we're in list mode. So it's it's just totally that. But there's I mean, it's almost a month left, guys. Like it's there's a lot left. We're just eager to say goodbye. Very so eager. So it, it's been bad.
0: Yeah. Uh, but we figured we'd say goodbye in podcast form. Uh, not that this is going to be the last podcast of the year. We've got some surprises in store.
1: Well, it might be.
0: I mean, yeah, anything know. could happen.
1: As we learned from the South Park finale. I mean, nukes any second. Any second. If, if the aliens from uh,
3: Glorbazon Sector 4 are listening to this uh, in the Earth year 3047, uh, <laughs> know that we, we ended life uh, a, a little bit of a mixed bag.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, you guys could really do better, like podcast-wise. If this is what you decided to listen to, I understand because we've got the guests on. But normally, like, skip to the guest episodes and then the Liz-centric episodes. Or like, maybe they've got tech where they can just eliminate me completely. That would be that would be for the best. Anyway, just a tip for you, fine aliens.
0: Would be funny to release an episode one time where it's just just my audio and none of your audio?
1: Yeah, like I like I tried to turn you down, but I turned me down. So then it's just you talking the whole time by accident, quote unquote.
0: Yeah. Yeah, someday someday I'm sure you're going to pull pull something like that on me. I love pranks. You do love pranks. Okay, so uh, we're going to go around round the table. We've all prepared a list, a couple of people who we consider to be kind of the MVPs of this garbage year. Like, from the garbage they rose, if you will.
1: That's, that's a horrible way to frame it. <laughs> they, <laughs> none of these people, I hope, came from garbage. Only Oscar they, the Grouch. They would. saw the garbage. <laughs> they didn't recognize it because they are so far far above it. They're they're like the embodiment of the line where Joey says the line is a dot to you. They the, the garbage is the dot to these people because <laughs> they're that good.
0: That was that was intense.
1: Well, I you know, there's I know a couple. Well, I have ideas about who people might be talking about, so I want to protect their their precious reputations.
0: It's actually funny like I kind of I kind of almost want you to like try to like write down on a piece of paper right now like everyone you think is it, it, the ones you think we're all going to pick.
2: Ooh. Prediction. I think
1: Liz is going to pick Rick DeCovney.
0: He's pretty good. He's a good dog. <laughs>
2: um,
0: but let's actually start with Han. If Han, if you're ready to talk, if, bring up your first number one MVP of uh, the year.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of a cheat. This could. This person also had a pretty good 2016, but I think this year he also showed a little bit of a extra oomph. And it is Alan Yang. Ah, So, um, of course, he is a co-creator of Master of None. He won the Emmy last year, which is why I was saying I cheated a little bit. Also, last year, he uh, was a consulting producer on The Good Place, which had a great year. But this year, not only was Master of None uh, nominated again for an Emmy and you know actually got a couple of more um, statutes but um, it, he also directed the Moonlight video for Jay-Z.
0: Oh, yeah. Which
2: was a pretty goddamn big deal. Um, in many ways, it, the, the whole conversation about like representation has been throughout the whole year, um, and I thought that was just such a really great way to do it within such an iconic show.
1: Wait, I have, I have a question based, could purely be on my horrible memory, but it could also put into context like how long the year has been. When did that video come out? Like, I know it was this year, but I. I Wasn't
2: it like August? I feel like we were talking about it at TCA. It year. could literally it was, be
1: August. It could
2: be. I did an April. interview like, at. I no, I did an interview at TCA because I already talked to him at TCA. The video came out, and oh, then I was yeah. like, oh my God, I so need to talk to him again.
3: So, so it was really only a few months ago. It was only, yeah. only a few so months
2: So I had back. to sit in my car and talk to Alan <laughs> So, yeah.
1: Great pick on yeah. Alan Yang uh, from the brief few times I've spoken to him definitely seems like a shining star. And he's he's also had quite I don't remember exactly what it was, but there were a few stories that came out about him kind of talking about harassment and diversity issues. And like he's been very vocal about it, like he's been at the forefront being very positive and, and pushing things in the right direction. So that's that you know good on him.
0: I'd be interested to know how much of the uh, chef uh, chef Jeff uh, storyline came from him from season two.
2: Um, I believe well I don't know about the Chef Jeff you mean the harassment part yeah uh, I don't I didn't ask about that but I did ask about the clash of the cupcakes <laughs> and, um, and he did say that they knew the guy who actually is the host of Cus- or was the host of Cupcake Wars and so it was kind of based on him um, I also full disclosure know Alan Yang's sister very peripherally when I used to be a food blogger ah. and she is sort of a, a lifestyle you know whatever blogger and so uh, yeah very and, cool
3: and, and he was involved in Parks and Rec, which gets him a lifetime Absolutely. pass from everyone at this table, I'm sure. Yeah. 100%
1: true. 100% true.
0: Yeah. All right, Steve, how about you? What do you got?
1: Um, I to, uh,
3: For anyone who's listening uh, right now and has the means to pause and actually go watch a video, uh, I would highly encourage you to go to YouTube and type in the words uh, point, counterpoint, Wonder Woman, <laughs> uh, and watch the first video that comes up. Fast forward to about the 2.30 mark. And you will see possibly the greatest moment in late night TV in 2017. Uh, let's just say it involves a confetti cannon. Um, uh, and the person uh, at the center of all that is uh, one of my MVPs of the year, and that's Amber Ruffin. Uh, she is a writer on Late Night with Seth Myers, a frequent contributor. Uh, she's uh, one of the frequent participants in the Joke Seth Can't Tell segment. Uh, she does the Amber Says What segment. And uh between those and and some of the segments she had in twenty sixteen, uh Join the Fun, uh the uh the, the the protest uh segment she did. Again, those were twenty sixteen, but uh I think she's been somebody who has really shown that uh that late night is a, a really impressive proving ground for a lot of like really awesome fresh comic voices i think she's one of them uh, she will have an opportunity to have her own show in the future i believe she already has uh a a, a deal to, to 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 work on her own show but for now uh she's she's a vital cog in the seth meyers machine right now uh, and I, every time she has a segment, I know it's like her office policy where if, if, if a link doesn't get posted in the Slack channel, uh, before like noon Pacific time, I feel like we all have, uh, ignored our task in life. Um, so yeah, so she's, she's, she's great. I, I think she's really incisive and, uh, and, and yeah, I think she's, she's a vital part of the late night conversation. Uh, I feel
0: like. I feel like I want to mention that. So the show she's made a deal to to make is based on her own life. Uh, it's specifically her relationship with her husband, uh, who's believe Dutch. Like she met him in Amsterdam and then you know married him, and then like clash of cultures ensues. <laughs> uh, but also uh, she, I, I feel like shouting out like her sketch um, Amber Safe Space. Yes. Is such a it's such a good piece of content. Like. I hate using saying such, something like such a good piece of content, but it, it it's not quite a sketch and it's not quite a bit and it's not quite a polemic. It's just this very it's it's almost it's a very intimate sort of like video and uh, it really it really left a, it struck a chord with me.
3: And as a natural extension, you can you can tell that it comes from a very specific perspective and it, and it feels very much like her comedic voice, which yeah. is which is which is great and always a a, a a much appreciated part of of any sort of morning after late night clip catch up.
0: Yeah. I have to say, by the way, the horrifying thing I learned from, oh, she's uh, hosting, I think, the WGA Awards. Yeah. And a horrifying thing I learned from that press release was she was the first black woman ever hired to write for late night uh, television. Hmm. That's not great, Bob. But also, I mean, she's amazing, but that was like 2014, uh, which is just kind of like insane.
3: Well, I, th- I think it's great that like now she's getting this opportunity, and hopefully that means that there are plenty more to come.
0: Yep, 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 yep. Benjamin, you want to go next,
1: guys? The year of twenty seventeen <laughs> was defined by one person and one person alone. And I was—I mean, I was lucky enough to speak to this this delightful, perfect human being at the very start of the year at the TCAs uh, when she was on stage uh, talking about. Her upcoming arc in the television program Fargo, and of course I, I bum rushed the stage after, afterward and said hello and talked to her about the leftovers because you know the leftovers was ending guys and that's that was a big deal she, right she'd wrapped at this point right it, it was over and I needed to know what that last day on set was like and um, she told me and that was the beginning of the year that was that was the the end of the show was the beginning of my year and now we've reached the end of 2017 and. One of the fine people at this table was gracious enough to invite me to a screening of a movie. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Movies do exist that's coming out barely at the end of this year. I believe it's Christmas Day release, limited.
0: Yeah.
1: uh, Then wide in January. Um, And it's a film called The Post, and it stars I don't know. There's there's other people in it. Like it's a big cast. Some chick
0: named Meryl. I don't know.
1: I don't. I mean, I've heard things about them. Largely irrelevant things, but they're in it, and and more importantly, this fine performer is in it as well. She's an mm-hmm. essential part of the cast. Uh, she's been front and center since they released a first look photo of of the movie. Literally front and, and center.
0: She's literally in the front and the center of the photo. When
1: I, and this seems like this seems like a guaranteed SAG ensemble nod, right? Yeah. I mean, where are we, I, and she's she's going to be part of it. If if not the winner, so let's hope she's getting an award here at the end of the year. She should have had at least one already to begin it. I, of course, am talking about the great, the perfect, the wonderful, the Chicago Cubs fan, Carrie Coon. And this is the year of Carrie Coon guy. I mean, we've touched on a few of the things she's done, just a few of the great things that have happened in 2017 to bring Carrie Coon to the masses. I mean, we had The Leftovers, which finally got the respect that it was due, uh, not by the Emmys, but definitely by the critical community, and the ratings went up. That was all wonderful big, long press tour. At the same time Fargo was airing, there was a nice little pairing of, of technology problems in Fargo and Leftovers, which bonded her characters together, created a nice little talking point for everybody to, to throw around the internet. And of course, she was great in Fargo. and She got an Emmy nomination for Fargo, which was very, very exciting. Um, throw in a, a wonderful nine-week run, or no, seven-week run in New York for Mary Jean, which was this, this beautiful, beautiful human <coughs> play. Um, that I, w- I wish I could have seen a couple more times to really appreciate Foley because I saw it right at the start of the rehearsal thing. But uh, anyway, uh, she's she's on stage. She's on big screen. She's on the small screen. She ruled it all, and I really hope that now we can all just take a moment and say 2017, the year of Kerry. Yeah,
0: she's, she's all right.
1: It would have been better if the Cubs would have won the World Series again. That would have really tied it all up nicely.
2: And and the other uh, thing like I I can't deny any of that what you said, but I would also would have loved if our friend uh, Raphael Bob Waxburg had created a character for her oh. called Carrie Raccoon. <sighs> oh. um, K-, Raccoon. On, <laughs> K Raccoon. Yeah, yeah. Well, why yeah, has I that not
1: I feel like that's next season because I feel sure. like again this is such a monumental year for her that that we won't be able to ignore her anywhere else. So in the future there's going to be a ton of Carrie Coon references just just pouring out of people. Um, so yeah, and and also I, I will also point out that she has one of the best Twitter feeds on the planet. Like Carrie Kuhn is, is front and center on a lot of uh, a lot of political, personal, human rights issues. Um, she's right there on top of it all. So like if you're following on on Twitter, you're keeping up with some really relevant topics throughout not just the industry but throughout the world. So
2: uh, a suggestion I'd make also if you want to in 2018 start your Goodreads list. Um, she always has some great. Uh, recommendations. So. Yes, Carrie Coon book club, everyone should subscribe.
0: Uh she she literally in every I've heard her multiple times in interviews, like I'll be at a junket and she'll be talking to the person before me. And that that is, they will they're, the last things they will be talking about will be she will be recommending this person a book. Um, it's happened more than once, quite frankly. Uh also have we have we been we've been telling Raphael on Twitter that he should be doing this Carrie Raccoon thing, right? Like we, we need to do that now. They're writing the season right now.
1: Well, I mean, you you've got the best connection with Raphael, so you need to make that. I was happen, just checking to see if I someone else has already
0: done it, because I don't want to take credit for the idea. He doesn't or
2: know who I am.
1: Just <laughs> there's no need to, about taking credit. It's just kind of making sure the idea has been heard. Yeah. Because um, you
0: know, she'd do the voice herself. She, oh, a, of course. Yeah. yeah. No,
1: absolutely. No one else could. But that could would do be it the justice. point. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I will say very quickly, as a as a nice little side note, it's important to. Uh, recognize that 2017, especially the latter part. Well, actually no, pretty much the whole part of 2017 has been a very strong Tracy Letts year as well. Uh, Tracy, Letts, he had a new play open at Steppenwolf. Um, he's 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 been in The Lovers. He's been in uh Ladybird, He could get an Oscar nomination for the latter. Like the very exciting things happening on on the whole Letts Coon family. So uh, I am in support of all of it. More Tracy Letts. More Carrie Coon. Bring it on. Doritos. <laughs> Very good, Stephen. Very, very good indeed. Uh, but Liz, please save me for myself. Tell me what your uh, 2017 MVP is.
2: I feel like this
0: one's a little like it's. I feel a little basic to use this expression the kids use uh, with this one. But it also like let's just face it, guys. Elizabeth Moss kind of. If, if Carrie if if it, if there wasn't for if there wasn't any Carrie Coon this year, it would have been Elizabeth Moss this year. Two two really strong performances, including one in a show that she produced herself, and not just like Vanity produced, but really full-on got her you know dug in and made happen. Um, And, of course, I'm talking about The Handmaid's Tale and Top of the Lake, China Girl. I confess I've not seen Top of the Lake, China Girl. I really need to. Uh, Ben, I feel like you... Did you review that for us, or...?
1: No, Mr. David Ehrlich did, right out of Kane.
0: That's right. We never went back and revisited it, but, you know... Girl got her girl got her Emmy finally, uh, and she did some wonderful work this year. And I'm excited to see Handmaid's Tale season two coming in April 2018.
1: A lot of people are expecting a, a dual nomination for Elizabeth Moss at the Golden Globes, and by the time you're listening to this, those nominations are going to be out. So, the year of of Elizabeth Moss could be strengthened. You know, even. Even now, like even even beyond what you're referring to at the present moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not putting that, making this a competition. I'm not saying she had a better year than Carrie Coon. I'm just saying. Well,
1: no, of course not. That's just, that's
3: crazy. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was fortunate to see Handmaid's Tale and Top of Lake China oh. Girl. Uh, and I think one of the impressive things is that both of those characters go through so much. There's so much trauma in both of those performances and both of those characters. And a very specific kind of resilience for both and it's very hard to to, to have performances come out so close to each other and have the, those two characters go through so much and have to face so much about the world around them and to have them feel like two separate approaches to that. Uh, so I think it's not just the fact that she was in these two shows and, and was instrumental in making them happen, it's what she did with the work and, and the material and to find different ways to, to show Emotions that that are so overwhelming and so overpowering, and to, to make them feel real.
1: Hey, Steve, talk talk about talk about and Dowd
0: now. Let's
1: bridge
3: bridge the gap. <laughs> let's actually wait, wait until wait until it comes back around to me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great.
0: Oh uh, yeah, let's quick go. go to Steve. No, we're going to Han. We're we're going in order.
2: Oh, order. Sorry. order Steve is ready.
0: <laughs> uh, Han, who do you got? Uh, who else do you have?
2: Uh, this was really tough because there are a lot of people I think will be very obvious. Picks, Mm. And I think I actually went slightly lesser known just because I don't think anyone will ever talk about her um, for this year. And it is she is someone that maybe Steve can back me up on is uh, Aisha D. Yes. Um, So she's a young actress who her biggest show probably this year was The Bold Type. Mm. She plays Cat. Um, and she's the social media uh, girl there at, uh, what is it, Scarlet Magazine?
3: Well, well, yeah, Scarlet is the magazine.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, she also is on Channel Zero No End House and did very well there. Um, she also, because it was 2016-2017 show, was on Sweet Vicious, mm. and that was a show that, like, it actually needs to come back. So... Um, putting it all out there but um, performances she's just great but also I just think it's the sort of the new face the new like new energy of and I think it kind of epitomized what we want out of uh, 2017
3: yeah I was fortunate to talk to the Channel Zero showrunner and that was one of the things that he said kind of unprompted was that you know it, that that particular show had a great cast but uh, she's she's going to be a star like, like this is we'll, we'll look back on this year and sort of see like this is where it all started
0: that's cool. Yeah, I liked her a lot on the on the bold type. I thought she, like, of the trio of girls, I thought her storyline was perhaps the most interesting and most challenging. And I think that she, you know, the the way she kind of made that an effortless uh, journey was pretty cool.
2: And my backup was cats, but um, <laughs> 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 I figure it out. I'll, I'll, I might include that on on some other list. Keddie. <laughs> Keddie was amazing. I still Bye. need to see Keddie. but her name is Cat in the bold type. So there you go. There you go. There you go cats yeah
0: how about you steve
3: uh now this comes with the caveat that coming up with just two mvps was incredibly difficult like i feel like any of the shows that we picked for uh best shows of the year you could probably nab a couple um i think i'm contractually obligated to reference american vandal at some point and and say <laughs> that those people are great um, you did good,
0: read the five print. That's good.
3: Good, good place. Fantastic. Um, but I wanted to. I wanted to see if if you guys could figure out um, someone who I think is a little bit off the board, but but someone who I think definitely made an impact this year. I'm just going to read off the name of some shows. Uh, Snowfall. Lucifer.
1: Oh, it's Kevin Conley, or Kevin uh, Carroll.
3: Nope. Damn it. Bull, both of those. Bull. Oh, ghosted. Power the oh. af- the aforementioned channel zero fargo legion and star trek discovery
0: wait shoot now oh, now i'm on jeff this. russo
3: We're, yes i ah. i I, think, I i i think quietly under the radar jeff russo has become uh, very instrumental to the fabric of instrumental. tv uh the idea that you could he, for for those who may not know he is the composer of all of those shows um, and to, to cross networks and, uh, and cable and premium cable uh, in all these different genres and to come up with, with different sound styles and soundscapes and, and musical ideas for each of those shows and have them feel true to each of those is really, really impressive. And uh, we don't really talk about composers that much when it comes to TV. Uh, and when we do, it's, it's usually people who are well known for films or for other places coming and doing like a little bit of TV and then coming back out. Um, I think he's somebody who, because of the sheer amount of work that he does, could well become a household name in the future. Um, but, but for right now, this, it seemed to be like this was the year that he really um, took on a lot of different projects across the spectrum and, and helped kind of shape what 2017 literally sounded like.
0: His Star Trek Discovery theme still makes me cry.
2: <laughs>
0: ben thinks I'm weird for that.
1: Yeah, I, I don't want to comment. <laughs> but Steve, that didn't. When are you gonna talk about Anne Dowd? <laughs> you mean, uh, the good, good behaviors And Dowd? I mean, among many things, really. <laughs> yeah. Like the 2017 of And Dowd, as as you know, since you chose her, mm-hmm. is um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's impressive. S- star of the 2017 Emmys. Oh yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. dual nominee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she bridged the gap between Handmaid's Tale, Liz's pick, mm-hmm. and and, and she was on She was on a lot of late night shows. She was. She was making the rounds, doing very well.
0: And she's so pretty. And she's
1: she's beautiful, and she's the nicest person in the world. So I mean, it. I and out had a year. Yeah. And and out, you're you're not kidding when you say was the star of the Emmys this year. Like she she was the takeaway. She was the moment where everyone's hearts just melted with joy because someone. Finally, like after so many years of so much great work, got her due um, in a way where she clearly didn't expect it to happen. Um, and I, I'm going to get emotional just talking about it. But I, I just want to say Ann Dowd had a tremendous year, and I cannot wait to see what she does next because she is another one who, now that she's been elevated to the, to the proper means, will hopefully continue to be uh, elevated again and again and again in as many projects as she wants to handle because uh, very deserving.
0: Uh, is she your pick?
1: No, that was Steve's. Steve, great pick, <laughs> good, good job, buddy.
3: Let's oh, not discredit
0: Benjamin. Steve.
1: Steve is a wise man. It wouldn't be 2017 without a man
3: telling someone else what their ideas are. <laughs> right.
0: All right, but I'm what, that man. What do you? What? What? What's your actual pick?
1: Oh, it was Carrie Coon. That's all I got. <laughs> I don't. I mean, you know, much respect to everybody else who's choosing things. I could. I could. I could talk about other fine folks who obviously left a mark on the year, like. David Lynch, and Justin Thoreau and uh, Laura Dern. <laughs> Laura Dern. Laura Dern.
0: Yeah, remember, that's, remember how like Laura Dern had two stealth appearances in major comedies in earlier this year? And like it just like kept happening? C-
3: can, ben, since you don't have an actual second one, can I give you two options sure. of ones that I didn't pick, specifically because I th- I was convinced you were going to pick one of the two? Because you were going to go with the end out? I thought me. you were going to
2: say Laura Dern, so that's why I didn't pick her.
3: Uh, I thought you were going to either say Maya Rudolph, well,
0: <laughs> I, feel well like, I, f- I feel like Maya Rudolph, we want to wait until we see a Christmas story. But anyway, no, like-
1: Maya, Maya, Maya Rudolph left her important Christmas impression in A Very Merry Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, though her voice, vocal performance in Big Mouth is absolutely an iconic moment of the year. I don't know if I'd say, I think she might have had better years before, but. Uh yes, a damn fine year.
3: She was one of the redeeming parts of Tour de Pharmacy. She was in the Michael Bolton Christ- uh, Valentine special. Mm. So, so there's there's there's, there's, there's Sure, there's, no, she's yeah. Yeah. Uh but but my real pick for you uh he voiced a robot butler <laughs> and a pope in the same year. Uh <laughs> That's
2: yeah. a, an excellent one. Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: yeah. Ben, I'm 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 making the choice for you. Your second MVP of 2017 is Jude Law.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's it's a very strong argument. Um, he's definitely my GIF MVP, I think. I mean, actually, Carrie had a lot of good GIFs, but I don't know if anything can really compare to, to, to Jude Law drawing out the kangaroo and then also juggling the oranges. And then also, literally, that scene where he's sitting there and he wants the nun to come in and, and save him from this conversation. And she comes in and says, It's time for your snack. And he goes, My snack? I guess it's time for my <laughs> snack now. And it's just so, there's such amusement, but also loathing in the way that he carries himself in that moment. It is, it's still with me. And I'm pretty sure that was in January. I'm pretty sure that. Yeah. Like, like that was, was January, early, February. It was yeah, the was other early episode. War. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, no, yes, Jude, <laughs> Jude is a great pick.
3: And, and, it, and it cannot be—it cannot be overstated how perfect he is as Charles, the the mecca butler in *Neo Yokio*, which is definitely worth checking out
1: if you haven't done it. <laughs> yeah, I need to get on that. But uh, yeah, I—I I mean, I respect you choosing And Out over these other options. But uh, you know, great picks.
0: Liz, I—I'm curious if anyone can guess what my pick is.
1: I already mm.
2: did. What was it? It's Brick DeCovney. No. Although Brick DeCovney's liar. F- right. He's not a person. How dare you? Hey, I said cats <laughs> I said cats and also
0: yeah. Brick DeCovney I just don't want to I just don't want I feel like encouraging that sort of statement leads us down the path of like calling calling pets fur people, which is fur babies. Fur babies, yeah, which I find a little disconcerting.
3: Uh, is it Michael McKean?
0: It is not michael mckean michael mckean though michael mckean did have a really great year on better call saul and i will never forgive the emmys for continuing to fail to recognize that thank you for giving me the opportunity to bitch about that just one more time Mm. Um,
1: liz as you can tell is having a really hard time staying positive for this (laughs) mvp uplifting episode of 2017. well the muck it's there
0: well here's the thing my actual second pick It's hard to think of a comedy show she wasn't on last year, and certainly any comedy show, any any of the comedies she appeared on, a variety or uh, scripted, were immediately enhanced by her presence. And then she went ahead and she got herself nominated for best supporting actress by a whole bunch of critics groups, y'all. Oh God! (laughs) Yeah. Screw y'all. It's Tiffany
2: Haddish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that was the first one I was thinking of, and for some reason I forgot about it as soon as I sat down. So yes. T- Tiffany Haddish is the best. Uh, I'm, she has, she's an incredibly
0: funny woman. She has such talent. Uh, she has such an amazing story to her life, and she's just living her best life, and she is, has been a real joy and i uh, that's that's all i got tiffany hash a plus yeah yeah
3: and and i i love that she didn't have to really change it was just kind of the the industry kind of figured out like oh yeah this is a very very funny woman who we should be giving more opportunities to
0: yeah and like the the fact she fought, she's fought for so for every role she's gotten and earned it, it like you know it's 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 it's, re- it's really exciting to see what's going to come next for her um, Hopefully hopefully, hopefully, good things. Like, hopefully she doesn't get stuck in some sort of rut. Uh, but I've, I'm, I'm excited to see The Last OG, which is her TBS sitcom with uh, Tracy Morgan that's coming out this spring. Um, it, theoretically, it's been delayed a while. Um, and, but, you know, I'm sure other amazing projects are on the horizon.
3: If you haven't already, do go read uh, Liz's profile of her that came out over the summer when Girls Trip uh, was released. It's very lovely, and it it, it is a very... Uh, it, it, it's, it's very revealing as to why she succeeded so well this year. Um, you can just you can hear it in the quotes that, that Liz got and in that conversation. And I'm very jealous that that, was, that that I was not part
1: of that conversation.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Steve. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's kind of a—I uh, feel like—Ben, do you have anything else you want to add about, about the year?
1: Not at all. I think we've covered it quite well. And hopefully uh, these inspirations have reminded you of some of your own. So that when you do look back on 2017, you, know, you can find some joy you know, outside of your personal life. Hopefully some you know, good things happen to, to people individually hmm. in, in life. But hmm. you know, when it comes to the entertainment world, it doesn't look great right now. So try to hold on to those, uh, those good parts.
0: In the meantime, Han, what was the best thing you watched last week?
2: OK, um, so I have been on a weird little kick lately mm-hmm. um, because I I had heard that Hallmark Channel mm-hmm. yeah. uh, has been, in, in, been increasing its viewership because people are seeking out heartwarming, positive stuff. And um, I know this is the holiday season, so I started watching some of their uh, Christmas rom-coms and I came across one that's actually a little older, 2014. Um, called the nine lives of christmas and the deal is this i mean as you might guess from the title it has to do with a cat um there's also people in it brandon routh is one of those um but i have to tell you that the cat it's an orange tabby is a freaking star um this cat the character name is ambrose I don't know what the cat's name is in real life. I'm a little worried to see where he went because maybe, you know, because sometimes these animal actors, like, have a shorter shelf life. Um, but uh, he he literally stole every scene. Mm-hmm. Um, he acted circles around these people. Um, he was actually got a lot of screen time, actually. He did a lot. And uh, when it comes to these rom-coms, you know, you have to have a little bit, like – a suspension of disbelief, but also just like you know, there's going to be tropes, you know, being trotted out, and this is one where I didn't mind like some of the formulaic stuff mm-hmm. in it because of how great this cat was, and to prove that it's not just I like cats, there's another cat in the in the movie and wasn't as good. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Named Queenie, so you know. Um, Brandon Routh is also very good. Uh, uh, If you want, actually, a little bit of romance, there's a good scene uh, with him and Mistletoe that I actually very much appreciated. Um, He's also a firefighter, so you know, a plus for that. Um, So if you want, just look it up. I'm sure it's on demand, or you can you know uh, DVR it at some point. Han, this is a really important question.
0: How often does Brandon Routh? hold or pet the cat
2: so much it's ridiculous i mean and and the cat like actually winds around his ankles a lot i mean this cat is so good so good at what he does he's very good at catting
3: uh there's a sparkle in liz's eye right now that makes me very happy
2: uh wonderful all right steve see if you can top it
3: uh, my parents will be very happy to hear that they have another Hallmark movie to catch up on. Uh, so if you've made it this far, mom and dad, uh, I promise I'll watch that with you over Christmas. <laughs> um, my the best thing that I saw last week uh, was Michelle Wolf: colon, Nice Lady, uh, the HBO stand-up special. Uh, Michelle Wolf, another uh, former late-night with Seth Meyers writer, uh, uh-huh. also a contributor to The Daily Show. Um, it's I I don't really have a whole lot to say about it other than it's a very funny uh, hour long stand up special and it puts a nice bow on 2017 and a lot of issues that have sort of come up and just kind of anxieties about the year in general and it's I laughed a lot really enjoyed it yeah
1: Ben what was the best thing you saw last week <laughs> I didn't know if you were transitioning or if Liz was going to do it, so I was just kind of waiting and, no. and agreeing.
0: And, no, so um, Hana's even done this enough that they've gotten the hang of the alley-oop.
1: I've definitely forgotten about the alley-oop, so I apologize. Um, the the best thing I watched last week is, is probably Blackish. Um, hmm. It's been a little like – some of the new stuff that I've watched was a little disappointing. I wasn't a huge fan of the South Park finale. Um, I'm not a huge fan of The Crown um, there's definitely great episodes of Crown, but I don't know if I'd recommend the season overall unless you're already <laughs> sold on it, <laughs> thanks to the score by Hans Zimmer. Um, but no, Blackish this week was actually a really strong episode, and, and Blackish is also a show where I go kind of back and forth on it. I've never been as in love with it as some of the other critics out there, but I've always had a lot of respect for it. Um, it's usually one of those things to me where they struggle balancing the really weighty issues that they want to bring up, which I love that they bring up, uh, but they have problems sometimes balancing that with comedy and just kind of general um, natural rhythms of narrative, let's say. Uh, but but this week's was really, really good. Uh, Dre was uh, a, a kind of pushed into donating some clothes to uh, a charity and, and kind of addressing the ideas of charity. And It starts off with this kind of in-your-face notion that a lot of the charities out there are very aware that you will give more if you can let people know that you did it like that like the selfish aspect of ribbons and uh you know uh, wings being done like all those things where your name goes front and center for doing something so they started with that but they actually transitioned very well into a new topic of kind of a personal story for dre as well as kind of a a personal realization as well as kind of the feelings that go along with that and they balanced it really nicely with a a good funny story about you know the, the oldest son and um I haven't watched. Is it Groanish? Is that the what's yes, the, the spin-off? that's the spinoff? Yeah, the spinoff on Freeform. Is that yes. what they call it. Mm-hmm. I always want to call it ABC Family. Um, I haven't watched that yet, but I do like that actress whose name I don't know. Um, and I do like Blackish enough to give it a try, so I will definitely check that out and hopefully report back on whether or not it's it lives up to the spinoff standards. But I will say that, though I don't talk about Blackish a lot, I do keep up with Blackish regularly, and it is a show that. If you really get something out of it, I would never discourage that idea. And if you haven't watched it yet, definitely check it out.
0: This the night, the most the most I've ever heard you praise Blackish.
1: Like I said, it's it's hit or miss.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I'll pick up uh, Liz. Yeah. <laughs> Great job, Ben. You really killed that.
1: I am a veteran. You are. I'm a professional. I've been doing this.
0: This is our oh. hundred and, uh, 141st episode.
1: You can't prove it.
0: I can't. I got the numbers. Yeah. Um, but the best thing I watched, I can, technically I watched this a little bit ago, but I can finally talk about it now. Oh my God, Black Bear, USS, USS Callister is such a good episode of television and I can't say anything else about it, uh, But it's just except for, to say it's a Star Trek episode, but it does things you won't expect. And um, I, I can't wait for more people who have seen it. Steve did did there there's the kind of favor that gets happens a lot in this business which this industry which is the I will watch that screener now so you have someone you can yell about it with and I'm so happy Steve watched it and really enjoyed it because we've been ever since we've been just yelling at each other on Slack about how much we love it
3: it's it's like the hey remember when this happened it was so good yes.
0: <laughs> Um, so that's what I can't say more about. I, I, won't, I won't say any more about Black Mirror, um, including USS Callister, but just know that it makes me so happy. I rewatched it again today, and it's,
2: it's such a smart episode of, of the show.
0: So Han, huh, what's the next thing you're looking forward to?
2: Well... That was actually the one. Oh, there you go. Perfect. (laughs) um, I had watched Black Mirror Screeners. I only got halfway through. I knew that uh, both you, Liz, and Steve were raving about this. I believe Steve said something like, the best and the worst episodes I've seen of Black Mirror he (laughs) had seen in one night. And... um, so yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it, and I I might be queuing that up this weekend actually.
0: Yeah, I I've, I've only asked you about once a day. Have you seen USS yet? Because <laughs> I feel like the conversations that you and I will have about it will be great. Um, hopefully hopefully we haven't overhyped it at this point.
2: I, I think my my uh, expectations are in check. Um, no, I'm not going to bring up anything negative. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> for why it would be in check. Right.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> All right. So, Steve, what's the next thing you're looking forward
3: to? Sorry. Uh, I am looking forward to Wormwood. I don't know exactly what to expect. I don't know what it is going to be. I know very vague details about uh, what is to come. Uh, This is the latest, I guess you could call it a a docu... A a, a meta-docu-series? It's a Netflix
0: original (laughs) story, Steve. Come on.
3: Okay. Uh, From the the great Errol Morris... uh, one of, one of, if not the greatest documentarian of our time, uh, tackling a story in an unexpected way uh, with a cast including Peter Sarsgaard, among others. Um, I, it's one of those that I've tried to stay away from as many details as possible just because I know that it's probably going to be one of those rewarding immersive experiences where if you just kind of go in cold and let the story wash over you, you're going to get the most out of it. So uh, I, I've got my appointment set for Friday when it drops on Netflix. Uh, If you're hearing this uh, right after the episode comes out, I think it's the 15th? Yeah. 15th. December 15th. On Netflix. Wormwood. I am very much looking
1: forward to it.
0: I'm just going to jump in and say that that was also my pick for what I'm looking forward to. So uh, I'm seconded.
1: Sell it, Liz. Sell it better than Steve did. What do you got?
0: It looks interesting.
1: Ooh. And I must say
3: that poster is pretty great from Steve.
0: Yeah, it's, we're, we're on the same page here, buddy. All right, cool. <laughs> ben, what are you looking forward to next? Uh,
1: I'm looking forward to the, to the HBO three-part, yeah, I guess it's a limited series. <laughs> I don't, it's kind of a movie. It stars a, a certain actor that Game of Thrones fans enjoy named Kit Harington. Why are you uh, saying
0: you're looking forward to this? I
1: am very much looking forward to why? it. Why? I will tell you why. I'm stunned. I am looking forward to it. Because of, because of two reasons. One,
0: we're talking about gunpowder for the record.
1: I, I, I trust HBO right. like to, to a certain extent. I, I trust them with these kind of tiny little projects. Like, I, I don't know. I'm always curious. They're always something where it's like, I at least want to know the motivation behind how this got off the ground and turned into whatever it was, and maybe it's great. Who knows? But that idea of it is, is always a compelling aspect for me. And two... Someone, and I don't remember the context, Steve might remember, someone might remember, but someone framed this story as gunpowder, this guy Fox.
2: <laughs> oh, so good.
1: And from, from that moment on, uh, the story of Guy Fox um, ha- has become very interesting to me. I, I can't <laughs> quite shake it. Um, it may give me an excellent opportunity to use a specific GIF that I know Steve and I enjoy. Mm. Um, but, yeah, Gunpowder. Kit Harrington was right. This guy Fox. <laughs> <laughs> ah, HBO, just bringing it all together. Uh, and I believe uh, I believe that airs the Sunday following, like the, the first Sunday after you listen to this. I'm pretty sure. Fingers crossed. But, um, the whole thing, yeah.
0: or are they doing it episode by episode? Great
1: question, Liz. Um, I encourage everyone to Google for the answer to that. Or Excellent. I do not know.
0: Um, well, hopefully by the time uh, you listen to this, we hopefully at some point we'll have information about that on the internet, mm-hmm. uh, specifically on IndieWire.com, where you'll find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I had a, I had a transition in mind, but I've decided, with my better judgment, to abandon it and instead <laughs> just reference that uh, the Michael Schneider's. Turn It On Podcast is part of a wide array of, of great IndieWire podcasts led by, by great people, uh, including Michael Schneider, but also the one and only Chris O'Fault, who runs the Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast, and of course the podcast that started it all, and Thompson and Eric Cohn on Screen Talk. Thank you
0: guys so thank you guys, uh, Stephen Hahn, for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure having you. Um, and where can you be found on Twitter once for once more for the cheap seats?
2: Uh Han Nguyen, I will be on Twitter, or actually I am. <laughs> And I will be on Twitter at anonymous. for Past, present, and future. Yes. Well, yeah. well no, you. But I'll actually, be on later. Sure. Yeah. 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 Look me up. <laughs> Maybe I'll respond.
3: And you can find me tweeting American Vandal Gifts at Steve Bruin. Go UCLA. Go Bruins.
0: <laughs> what happened, Everything Ben? is
3: breaking. My, team. Team.
1: my bad.
0: Um, and you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers.
1: You can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I. Anity.
0: Yep. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week, theoretically, unless something horribly, unless more things break. Um, and as always, you guys, keep watching television.